0: this edition we're going to hit that rewind button and go football history rewind mode and go to the year of 1933 and one of the most pivotal years in NFL history as a lot of changes are happening to the postseason to the rules even making a rule book and more coming up in part number 73 coming up in just a moment this is the pigskin daily history dispatch a podcast that covers the anniversaries of American football events throughout history on a day-to-day basis Hello, my football friends. This is Darren Hayes of pigskindispatch.com. Welcome once again to the Pigpen, your portal to positive football history. And welcome to another edition of the Football History Rewind. As we go through the football history year by year, and we are going by college and professional levels differently. And this year is 1933, and it's the NFL season that is so Pivotal and important in NFL history, and football history for that matter. But before we get to that, let's make sure you are aware of our daily newsletter. You can get it each and every day, 6.30 a.m. Eastern, in your email inbox, totally free. Cancel at any time by signing up with answering two simple questions, which are embedded into the notes of this podcast or at the top of pigskin dispatch or jerseydispatch.com and you'll know everything that's going on in the pig pen in sports history for that day we're really proud about we're adding things each and every day you'll see hall of fame birthdays events and just some special things that uh, we have cooking all the time in the pig pen now let's get into this one that we're talking about today for the football history rewind part number 73 the nfl season in 1933 and it was a season that was full of promise remember back in part number 71 in 1932 we remember that the nfl was down to its lowest number of franchises in league history they only had eight teams and now the depression and things like that sort of took its toll on the league and there was sort of a lack of interest But things were starting to go to the good side for the 1933 season, though. The 1932 title game was a big part of that. And if you remember, it was a very close race. Uh, It was the first time a championship game was played at all. It really wasn't scheduled beforehand. It was sort of a handshake between uh, George Hallis and the owners of the Portsmouth Spartans and they end up playing that impromptu game indoors because of a big snowstorm and just uh, built a lot of different things going on, a lot of controversy. We got that that in part number 71, and uh, ended up Red Grange throwing a touchdown pass to uh, Bronco Nagurski, or maybe it was the other way around. Those two were involved anyway. And uh, very controversial finish, a close game, close uh, league standings, and boy, that uh, just turned the tides. That and some other things that happened with a blue law in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. Up to that point in 1933, you could not play professional sports games in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania on Sundays because of biblical laws of you know not laboring and things like that. And uh, so the people in Pennsylvania decided, hey, we're not going to have uh, people laboring on Sundays. And professional football, you're getting paid for that. That's labor, and we can't have any of that. And, you know, the Frankfurt Yellow Jackets, they struggled through that. Pottsville Maroons, they sort of snubbed their nose at it and still played on Sunday. Uh, but they all had to you know do what they had to do to uh, play ball, and those two franchises, unfortunately, did not make it through the Great Depression and all the financial woes that were going on in the, the years prior to this 1933 season. So both Pottsville and frankfurt went by the wayside well that uh, was for just a short time because a man named burt bell who would eventually be the nfl commissioner and his lovely new bride Frances upton according to their son upton bell who we spoke to just uh, recently they bought the uh, Ye- frankfurt yellow jackets franchise in bankruptcy court and rebranded them as the Philadelphia Eagles. Now we have links into our associated stories, related stories, on Pigskin Dispatch for this 1933, part number 73 of the Football History Rewind, so you can check that out. And so Philadelphia was going to get a team when it looked like these blue laws were going to be lifted, and Pittsburgh decided they would get a team too. They would call themselves the Pittsburgh Pirates, And about a dozen years later after that, they would become the Pittsburgh Steelers as we know them today. And so those two Pennsylvania franchises that we still see in the NFL today, they both came in in the same year, 1933, because those blue laws lifting. So that added two teams to the National Football League. Well, a third team decided to come in as well. They were the Cincinnati Reds. They also, like The Pittsburgh Pirates were named after the successful baseball franchise in Major League Baseball that was in the town. So the Cincinnati Reds, Pittsburgh Pirates, Philadelphia Eagles, they're all coming into the league, take them up to 11. But wait one second, we're going to lose a team. The Staten Island Stapletons, they had to bow out of the franchise of the NFL. They kept their team together. They still played the NFL teams, but they were not in the standings of the National Football League. So it dropped them back down to 10. Another change that happened that year the Boston Braves team they ended up rebranding themselves into the Boston Redskins. Again, another story, uh, with, along with the Philadelphia Eagles story, along with the Pittsburgh Steelers and Art Rooney story. Uh, Art Rooney was the owner of the Steelers in that initial year. Uh, the Boston Braves. It ended up having their saga as well. We have that in our related stories. You can check that out on Pigskin Dispatch as well uh, on this 1933 season of uh, full of promise. Now, that 1932 championship game that was impromptu, it was so successful and it stirred up so many good feelings you know, to both of the players, the fans, added excitement. Well, it was so impactful that the league said, hey, we got to do this every year. Let's make this a permanent fixture, a postseason championship game, the two best teams. But how are we going to do this? Well, they took those 10 franchises they had now that were active after all the dust had cleared. They split them into two divisions, an east and a west, five in each. And they said the top team in each division, those two teams would play for the championship game. Sounds pretty good on paper, and actually, in that 1933 season, it worked out perfectly to plan, because the New York Giants went 11-3, won the East, the next closest competitor was the Brooklyn Dodgers at 5-4, not really competition at all, Chicago Bears were 10-2, their closest competition in the West was 6-5, the Portsmouth Spartans. Those two teams played at Wrigley Field on December 17th and the home team, the Chicago Bears, ended up winning that game in a thriller, 23-21. What a picture-perfect story to a great season, 1933. The NFL did some other things that were sort of very pivotal besides having a championship game. Besides breaking into two divisions, adding some teams, they had their first time in their history since 1920 when the APFA, the predecessor uh, of the NFL, started out for two years, became the NFL in 1922. They always used and adopted the NCAA football rules. Well, this year they were going to make some change. They had sort of four really different rules than the college game was using, and one that was similar that changed also in the college. The first one uh, was the adding of the hash marks to the field. Uh, You know, putting inbounds marks so the ball would not be by the sideline starting off. The college game as we learned last time in Football History rind they added a hash mark and the NFL did by making a mark 10 yards off of each sideline. That's where the ball would be placed when it went in that outer zone or went out of bounds to try to keep offenses towards the middle of the field, trying to promote offense and you know, trying to have a balanced attack of offense versus the defense. They also decided that there was not enough scoring, that there was too many ties. And it was kind of a stagnant game that uh, fans were watching. They needed to add a little bit of excitement and scoring as excitement. So they took the goalposts, which in 1927 in the college game had been moved from the goal line to the end line where we see them now in football, and the NFL reversed this and said, hey, we're going to take them off the end line and put them 10 yards closer for the kickers on the goal line and let them kick from there. Okay, that, that had some effect to it. That rule stayed until 1972, so it lasted almost 40 years, which is amazing. You see these uh, highlights and films and photographs from a little over 50 years ago, and you see those goalposts in the NFL on the goal line. Pretty amazing. College kept them on the online the whole time though. So, with that goal post moving, they had to make some uh, alterations to some other rules. So, they said that if uh, a punt hit the opponent's goal post before it touched a player of either team, it would be a touchback. And if a team was punting from behind their own goal line, trying to punt it out, and it hit the goal post, that would be a safety. So there's two more rule revisions that were made NFL only and the other thing they did is from that 1932 championship game where Bronco Nagurski threw to Red Grange for that game winner well they took and they said uh, the controversy of that was the NFL rule in 1932 and before was that the player had to be uh, was throwing the forward pass had to be at least five yards behind the line of scrimmage when he let go of the pass. There's some controversy that maybe Nagurski was not that far behind there and he i think even admitted to being that later on in 1932 they cleaned that up and said it's a legal forward pass as long as the passer is anywhere behind the line of scrimmage much like today's rule sort of set the stage for that and they called it the Nagurski rule it was abolished so that was a kind of a nice thing that they did there and that that definitely you know did a lot of things to promote good football and took it all the way into today with those changes and of course they would have their own rule book soon enough after that after those adoptions and uh nfl was way along its way to try to get itself out of the shadow of college football it'd be another 25 almost 30 years before they would fully get out of that and be uh, successful on their own and not uh just the the little brother of college football. Uh, But uh, we know how that story goes. And uh, we're going to tell that story by talking about it one year at a time in this Football History Rewind. So next time we'll come back in Football History Rewind, we will talk about the 1934 college season. And after that, in part number 75, we'll be back in the NFL for the 34 season, I'm sorry. So look forward to that, but we have plenty of programming coming up on Pigskin Dispatch on these podcasts and on the websites. We have something going on each and every day. If you don't see a podcast coming out new in your favorite podcast aggregate, you can go to pigskindispatch.com and on the front page, there will be past podcasts that are relevant to that day we have one for every day of the year remember we did that for a couple years we have those popping up along with some other specials that are popping up some older podcasts that maybe you can give a listen to there and always there's some great stories hall of fame birthdays and uh, some other exciting things going on there and don't forget about our sister website jerseydispatch.com we do the same thing with the other major sports of north america hockey baseball and basketball are coming up there and we're trying to get into horse racing and everything else a little bit so anything with number on jerseydispatch.com so we look forward to having you visit our websites each and every day get that newsletter and you'll know exactly what's coming out on both websites and the podcasts and don't be afraid to uh subscribe to your to our podcast that's your favorite podcast aggregate and uh, you know they'll, they'll tell you as soon as we release one that way too so there's many ways to do it and on the sports history network as well So till next time, everybody, have a great gridiron day. We're taking a peek over at the chains and the down marker. It's fourth and long. We're going to have to punt the ball and get on out of here, but we'll have another series tomorrow for your football history headlines, so be sure to tune in. We invite you to check out our website, pigskindispatch.com, not only to see the daily football history, but to experience positive football with our many articles on the good people of the game, as well as our own football comic strip, Cleet Marks Comics pigskindispatch.com is also on social media outlets facebook twitter instagram and don't forget the pigskin dispatch youtube channel to get all of your positive football news and history special thanks to the talents of mike and gene monroe as well as jason neff for letting us use their music during our podcast pigskindispatch.com is a proud affiliate of the sports history network the headquarters of sports yesteryear